Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Pillow Talk podcast with Sarah and I. Uh, this is episode six, and we're excited to get talking. We got our list of questions, stuff that's coming from you guys uh, that we can respond to. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's get to it. All right. So last week we talked engagement. Yes. We talked all that process um, and some stuff related to that. And we have a few questions here. I, I think let's start with maybe the most, it's the top of the list. Uh, what are your thoughts on marrying in your 20s? Mm. Um, what, that happened for you. That happened hey, for me. By the skin of my teeth. <laughs> yes. 29. Did I? I was 29 too. <laughs> yeah. I would um, high five you, but I don't want to push anything over. Yeah. Marrying in your 20s. I feel like this is a question that like, you know, marrying at 29 is still marrying in your 20s, but like that maybe that's it. not necessarily <laughs> what they're thinking. Like, what about if you're 20 years old? Um, sure. And maybe yeah. I'll just, I, I remember my buddy, Sean, uh, we were 21 we, or we were just, no, we were 20, 20 years old. And I remember him uh, right before I was about to leave for uh, a long time going out of the country. And, and he's like, Hey, I'm going to propose to Rachel. It's like, Oh, you're ready for that? And we, <laughs> like, you, you guys were like 21? We were 20. 20. Yeah. Okay. And okay. so I was just like, what? Like, because for myself, that mm -hmm. was like, I'm like, I don't even, what? Like, it was so beyond where I was at in sure. life in terms of being, also, I wasn't dating anyone or hadn't been, yeah. I hadn't been in anything significant ever in my life. So it, yeah. I had no context. Was he like your first friend? to propose at that like did you have any other friends that were married at that point um that was my he was my first friend okay. to get married. that could be shocked yeah and, that could be like whoa and i remember thinking i remember asking him like are you ready to get married mm. and he has an amazing dad um mm. very wise man uh mm. very just good man i trust him a lot and i remember him telling me well i talked to my dad about it and mm. uh and my dad said i can there's two ways here. I can either grow into who into the man that I am and then find someone who's also done that mm -hmm. and then become one with them. Yeah. Or I can become one with someone and figure out the the man I'm going to be with the person I'm going to be with. Mm, that's good. And it was just a really good insight for me. I think it gave a lot of context and has continued to inform things for me yeah. of that. I don't think they're marrying in your 20s. Thoughts on marrying in your 20s, I guess, for me to mm -hmm. share with whoever's yeah. question this is, is um, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, yeah. I think there isn't a like, oh, prime ideal thing. I think it's the context of the relationship itself. 100%. It's where you're at in terms of with the Lord and with this other person where they're at with the Lord and with you um, is really what determines it. So I think there's not like a a better way, which actually in our culture, there is a lot of stuff about like, no, no, you've got to have your finances perfectly dialed. Yes. You've got to have all these things. And I just don't, there's so much to learning to like building those things with the person you're going to be right. with. So I don't think if you're like in a spot where you're like, man, I think I want to marry this person now, yeah. and, but I'm young. Yeah. Like I don't let I'm young be what hinders you let or other factors. Yes. Yes. The other factors are the ones that really matter. 100%. Which we've talked a lot about over the course of this podcast mm -hmm. and the series. Mm -hmm. so. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think I just even want to like point out, I think, you know, we high fived in jest, but within the Christian, Christian subculture, I think there can be this pressure of like marry before you're 30. Mm-hmm. And that in our day and age, because, you know, the age of marriage changed on average over the years, but could it feel like this precious thing? And we've talked about, you know, for women, there's a biological timeline, all those mm-hmm. things. But I think pulling back what I really liked that you shared from your friend Sean's dad was it really comes down to the the reality of when you marry someone, whether you're 20 or 30, you're going to grow with them into who you're going to be. Who you are when you're 20 years old is not exactly the same as 30, as 40, as 50. And hopefully when, especially as followers of Jesus, we're on this lifelong trajectory of sanctification. But as someone wise in my life told me, it's kind of like, choose your heart. Like if you're getting married in your early twenties, there's so many beautiful things. And I, especially Brian Howard, Pastor Brian Howard's mm-hmm. like definitely an advocate of like, don't let age necessarily discriminate against your timeline. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, you might have to grow a lot more with like figuring out your career with someone being like, all right, maybe I haven't found it. A lot of people in their thirties haven't found it. Figuring out your finances, figuring out, knowing that you might not have as much like resources mm-hmm. to go off of in life than when you're 30 or more stable. But then again, if you're 30 and you've spent kind of like myself, this is my story and that of my husband, it's we spent all of our 20s like really forming who we are in a more, I guess, with like more roots in community um, through experiences of other relationships. And we have this independence that is different than when we were in our early mm-hmm. 20s that poses new challenges, new yeah. opportunities to grow together, but it it does become a little harder to like relinquish when you're like your way of doing had things. these times yeah. to figure out, no, this is how I do things. I've built up my pattern of living. He's yeah. built up his and like again, like the the truth behind all of it, it's not like an either or of like in your one is necessarily better. Right. There's in your early twenties you'll still have to do the same thing of oh I have to I have to surrender my preferences. Uh, my way of living to come alongside you as we work towards the goal of advancing the kingdom of God in whatever way that looks mm-hmm. like. It's just we've had more time to build habits in your later 20s. Um, but yeah, I think if you're with someone where they have the qualities that we see within scripture of humility and service, if there's someone mm-hmm. that you can grow with, if there's someone that you can have healthy conflict with, yes, that there aren't hardships in their life that are threatening to you and your relationship with God. Cause there's some, some things people carry where you're like my entire life, this is going to either, I'm going to be so focused on caring for you that I can't care for my own relationship. Like with the Lord, there's those things you have to filter through, but age again, I, I just simplified as yeah, choose, choose your heart and also understand there's blessing in both. Yeah. And you can get married well into your thirties, forties, fifties, and it could be amazing if that's what the Lord has for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, donate, let age be the primary factor. Yeah, agreed. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say uh, there's a reason to hinder. And like you said about um, the different things that we experience, uh, depending on where you're at in life. um, When I was younger, and I think for most everyone, the younger we are, the more we, the often we make more mistakes Mm -hmm. um, because hopefully we're on a trajectory of making mistakes, learning from mistakes, making mistakes, learning from mistakes. And like, we're, I'm never not going to be making mistakes, but like there is some refinement and maturity that happens growing in wisdom, Mm -hmm. especially relational wisdom, uh, relational learning how to navigate in relationships um, is 
takes a lot. It, you we're going to be growing in that. Yeah. Um. So we're going to make mistakes, and when we're younger, you might make more mistakes. Yeah. And it might be harder, um, to make mistakes with somebody. Um, rather than like make mistakes, then like, oh, I'll leave the person I made mistakes behind. I'll leave them behind and move on. Now, really, I think we both know you're carrying things either way um, into the next relationship. You're carrying wounds, you're carrying memories, you're carrying oh, yeah. patterns of thinking. It'll take time to heal. Um, even the thought of like, you know, well, it's my high school sweetheart that I've been dating for seven years and whatever, middle school sweetheart. <laughs> like, I know. To be in your you're still in your 20s. You're still in your 20s. But like, yeah. and you're like, but should we, like, there's some values to that. Have, is, have you learned a pattern of forgiveness with one another? Mm. Well, then you're good. Like, that's good. You're going to need that. But like, you can, your relationship can handle mis the mistakes you will be making as you learn. Because yeah. learning is often a series of mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, and, if there's that sense of we can forgive one another, yeah. we can be patient, we can be merciful with one another yes. and gracious. Um, those are the things you're looking for, and that doesn't change with age. So 100%. I don't think I don't think uh, there's anything wrong with getting married at 18. Even yeah. like that's yeah, it's circumstantial. It depends on the situation. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, just kind of know. Yeah, like you said, know what's going to come with that season. And look mm -hmm. at their trajectory. What is the trajectory of your relationship? Is it healthy? Is it good? Is it growth? Mm -hmm. Or are there things where you, we've said this before, maybe in that season, you step away and say, let's give this some time. Like, I think the luxury you have when you're younger in many ways is time. So mm -hmm. in the same way, it's like, don't rush into marriage because you feel like that's what you need to do. Um, if you're in your early 20s and you're with someone that you know you want to marry, like praise God, seek wise counsel, but also just so you know, you have the freedom to say, you know, we actually have a few years if you want. If that if that's something where you're like, I don't think we can handle a few years mm -hmm. of engagement. I think we need that covenant to uphold our relationship and go forward um, from a place of health. And it's like, yeah, go for it. But no, yeah. there's a gift on each side. Same is true if you're uh, later in years, if you're in your 30s or wherever you're at. And you also don't need to rush into marriage. 100%. Uh, make wise decisions. Based mm -hmm. off good, solid things, not based off timelines. Yeah. Timelines. Don't make decisions out of very fear. Helpful. Yes. Yeah. Fear is poor motivation for decisions. Uh, okay. What what question you want to do next? What stands out? Ooh, I think, I mean, again, I'm just a chronological girly, so yep. I can just go to okay. the next one. But I think it does fit in as we talk about, you know, discernment. I think discernment has been a huge theme of questions uh -huh. people have been asking um, I know as we talked about engagement last week, we didn't have a ton of questions pouring in specifically about that season. We're going to address some, but this makes sense whether it's the first time you're going on a date with someone, whether you've been dating. Um, and really the question is this, is how do you know if God is pushing you towards someone? Mm -hmm. How do you know? And I, I'm assuming this just means maybe pre-dating, but it could also apply to yeah. you're dating someone. You're like, man, is God like, is he highlighting this person? Like, what does that even mean? This is such a tricky thing to answer know, and respond to. It's a very tricky thing to respond to. Um, I'll speak for myself. Okay. We can, quali <laughs> we can yes. qualify that. Yes. I'll yeah. speak for myself. Yeah. Um, I don't, 
you mentioned it earlier when we were talking before we started recording that like this kind of dips into the question of the one, the idea of mm. the one, that there is a one out there. Sure. Um, and we've, we debunked that. <laughs> we spent time debunking that. And just that that doesn't exist, that that's not, I, it's not a reality that we see in scripture or in mm -hmm. the heart of God even, um, or in experience in life. Yeah. Fortunately. Um, Praise yes, God. Fortunately, Praise God. Yes. There's not just one person, you it's know? It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And so I think with that in mind, like, could God be pushing you towards someone? Sure. He could. He could be highlighting someone. He could be, mm -hmm. like, drawing into someone. Um, there could be things where, like, even you're dating someone. Like, for me, I remember when I was dating Amy and it was like, he there continued to be open doors in that relationship yes. towards continuing on that way. And I, there's a part of God's providence playing a role in all of that. Yeah. Even especially if you haven't heard Amy and my story, um, it's on our YouTube, YouTube channel. Page. You can check yeah. it out. Um, the process of engagement. Yeah. Like God's hand was in that very much so to like make that happen impossible. So in that way, was God pushing me towards Amy and Amy towards me? Well, maybe he was making it possible for yeah. Amy and I. And um, I guess that's like my thoughts in that yeah. is like, sure, like, couldn't God be like, hey, like, go this direction? Yeah, he can. But also like, God, like, that's not like a, well, God has spoken and so it will be. Like, I, I just don't see evidence of that. So, th and I guess that's why I would say, I don't area, know that God yeah. would be pushing you towards somebody, mm -hmm. but he might be opening, making it possible. Now, a possibility is different than an inevitability. Oh, that's good. And so that's like good. that, I guess that's my thoughts on it. Yeah. It's like, God might be making it possible. Right. That like, hey, here's an option. Right. But like, he's not going to force you to choose it. Yes. He's not going to force it upon you or be like, this will happen and has to happen in yes, terms it's of written in the stars. romantic. Yeah, mm -hmm. like you can still be an idiot. <laughs> and like, you know, it might be like if I had navigated different yeah. in the process mm -hmm. with Amy, there, there are multiple points in our relationship where like God was like make, helping things be possible. And yet I still could have rejected. Sure. I could have been an idiot and not operated in wisdom, not operated in righteousness, yes. operated in selfishness yes. and pride. And like, or unforgiveness, like there's so many things along the way and it would have grenaded. It would yeah. have sunk it. So I guess it's like mm -hmm. that, that'd be my take on it. Mm -hmm. I don't think necessarily God, I want to relieve you of thinking like, oh no, I got, I'm going to, it's, it's the idea of the one I'm going to miss out on this person that God is pushing me mm -hmm. towards. And well, like God's creating opportunity yeah. and you might miss out on an opportunity. Yeah. And yeah, take advantage of the opportunity, I guess. Yeah. But like, I don't think God, I don't know. I don't think now this is me again. Mm. I don't think I can speak definitively for all the world. I would need to do more thought and research on this, I guess, sure. and hear more stories. Yeah. But like, I haven't heard uh, legitimate, that's a bold, bold word. Um, maybe consistent. Consistent, maybe is a better word. Um evidence or stories testimonies of somebody being like god told me to marry this person or god told me this and seeing that come to related to like marriage in particular mm -hmm. and see that truly come to fruition 
It's like it's true As and it, it's true. Right. Like you hear the stories and you're like, yes. man, I think I've heard of every story I've heard of someone being like, and I just, the Lord told me and it was true. I've heard a story of someone being like, and that did not happen. <laughs> yes. And I was wrong. And I think it's easier mm. to celebrate the moments where you're like, I was right. The Lord, I heard the Lord correctly. We hear in part, we see in part, right? We're told that yeah. in scripture. Um, but that's that's also part of discerning the voice of God. So those are my thoughts. Okay. I don't know if you have any other thoughts. I actually do. And it was more yeah. as you're talking, I was like, okay, because I've considered this for a while. Someone, you know, I'm not that far off from having been single and mm -hmm. in the dating world. And I think what, what can happen, especially as like, you know, we're speaking in the context of a Christian worldview and community is you're learning to hear the voice of God for the first time. And I think for me, when I was like, wow, I know this to be true of God, that he is intimately concerned with the details of our life. Mm -hmm. And we even hear scriptures of like, look at the wildflowers and watch them grow. Or like, look at the sparrow, like how much more does God care for you? And he clothes them. He provides mm -hmm. food. And even I preached last week on the story of Isaac and Rebecca and how, you know, Abraham sent out his servant to go seek out a wife for Isaac and the servant sat, and the first thing he did, he was he prayed specifically right. that the Lord would help him in his discernment process by saying, Lord, if I find a woman that has these qualities. Now, again, I think I distinguished the fact that he wasn't looking for like an arbitrary sign in this matter. Um, you see stories in scriptures like Gideon where he like lays out the fleece and is kind of like asking for confirmation for God. But that was over a situation, not a person. In this case, the person he was like, Lord, show me a woman who basically is like hospitable and servant hearted. And he laid out this specific scenario. Mm -hmm. And in that story, what happened was that's how he identified Rebecca. He had this idea of what a woman of God looked like, but he didn't mm -hmm. get a name. He didn't get like a specific, you know, like it was more qualities. So, oh, so many thoughts coming together on this. I'm excited. Yes, no, I'm excited. Yeah. Well, and so I think that's a distinction to make too is like you said, you know, overarching truth. I don't believe that there's the one. We don't see that in scripture. It's not something that, you know, I think we can fabricate that a little bit to make us feel like we have more of a directive, but it is actually more freeing to know that there isn't just one. But when you're praying, like if you're in a discernment process, again, like it's okay to pray for these things. Lord, show me. I remember being in college and asking the Lord, like, what do I even pray? Because everyone has a list, you know, like they have to look this way or do this, that. And God just said, you'll know the man that you're meant to marry by his character. And I loved that. Like, I didn't get, you know, I didn't get like, and he's going to be five, nine with a beard, which is what my husband looks like. But like, <laughs> it's, you know, but I really did. When I was dating yeah. Tim, I like, that's something I've looked for, even yeah. in my past relationships and why in past relationships, I was like, oh, this didn't, this doesn't work because your character isn't solid. And that kind of set Tim apart for me, but I wouldn't say it was like faded necessarily. I think it was coming into alignment with mm -hmm. a person of God. And that's the same in the story of Abraham's servant and Rebecca. Like she was given a choice. Her, her father Laban was like, do you want to marry Isaac? She could have said no, just like Amy could have said no, or you couldn't have used wisdom in your discernment process. So that's a piece of it is like, I think, and also just to celebrate, like if you're attracted to someone and you feel like there's a person in your life where you're like, man, they remind me of Jesus. Or like, I just feel like we line up in what we want out of this life. There's that delicate line of then just assuming what's yours to say like, well, this person must be my spouse. Right. But also like what I love to encourage in myself, but also in others is like, 
way to go. Like there was a time in my life I was not attracted to the right people, you know, and I would try to like justify why this person was like good for me. But if you're in this discernment process and you're like, man, I feel like these things are coming together and ultimately they're pointing to who God is and the call in my life. Like praise God that you're picking up on those things, but then keep an open handedness to know like that might not be your spouse, but be encouraged that you're looking for the right things. So that's one element of it. And then I even just want to back up to like, I think about creation and the fact that, you know, we're told that men and women are creating the image of God. And one of the first tasks that we're given is to reign over like the animals of the earth and like the fish of the sea. And to like, we have dominion, meaning like we have authority and authority comes from autonomy. The only person we're yeah. called to come underneath and submit to truly like above all is the Lord, but we yeah. are given this special like choice, this will, this action that comes with consequence, which is like authority on the side of eternity. So when it comes to making decisions about how we handle ourselves in our career or how we like choose a partner in life, that to me aligns more with God's, our like our intent and creation to say, Brian, like you had a choice of who you were going to marry. So God wasn't like forcing something upon you, but he presented, like you said, a good yeah. option. And it's up to you. Are you going to walk in wisdom? Yeah. You know, we're told like, seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be taken care of, which is not just limited to a spouse. You know, yeah. that's not necessarily a promise, but the things in our life that are meant to comprise our existence, like those will follow our focus on the Lord. So I think there's an encouragement in that of like that person that you might be feeling drawn towards, like they also have autonomy. And I'm not saying like them not like rejecting you means they're rejecting the will of God, but just to have that mindset of like, mm -hmm. we, even though God can present wonderful things, it doesn't mean that's our only option. And it also doesn't mean it's going to be the, like the end game. Mm -hmm. And, but find comfort in that because you have the God of the universe on your side that can turn situations for your good. So if you're walking through a relationship that failed and you're like, man, all these signs, because I've felt that in the past, like all these things lined up that, but that person in, you know, in the case of my life, like chose something that was sinful and that broke our relationship. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that they're operating against the will of God? Well, yeah, in that case, they're sinful, but does that mean that that was the will of God in my life to marry that person? Not necessarily. That God's will failed. That God's will failed because God's will yeah. doesn't fail. Yeah. But I don't think it's um, coercive, like where God's going to mm -hmm. coerce us into making decisions. Yeah. Instead. He presents us good things. He presents us good things. Says, hey, here's a good thing. Yes. What do you think? Yes. Yeah. And then yeah. we can choose. And like we said before, that mm -hmm. the one in your life is the person you marry. It's the person you choose to become the one but if you're if you're just in the beginning stage and you're like lord like i think like abraham's servant it's it's good to pray lord show me a person of character help me like i remember praying that lord i don't fully trust myself especially after some relational failures Lord, i don't trust myself would you help me would you bring wise people around me and we can make that decision together and ultimately you know like you'll know that the they're the person you're meant to end up with when it's that mutual willingness where you're both using your will and choice yeah. to choose God and one another. And if you're in a place where you're like, man, I just keep trying, like, I feel called to this person, but like, it's just very clear that things aren't moving forward on the other end, be released. Like you haven't missed out on anything. 
but also praise God if you're being drawn to people who look like Jesus and that's Mm -hmm. so good. So I know that wasn't like the most coherent thought, but I think there's just a lot I've had to process in that to be like, okay, yeah, what is God's design for us in this way? And I think, like you said, bottom line, he's the presenter of good things. How many times in scripture do we see him bless his people and they have a choice whether to receive it or not? Mm -hmm. But there's a cycle of blessing. There's a continual blessing. There isn't just like, ah, well, that's it. That blessing disappeared. God's like, like, he wants us to know he's good. And he like, he's for us. He's a good father. If you're like, man, Lord, I do want to be in a healthy relationship. Like, again, it's not a guaranteed thing, but like to trust God's heart to be like, I'm not just going to let you miss it because you made a mistake once or like, because you feel like you missed that person, like keep going. Like God's heart doesn't fail. Even if people fail, even if we don't choose wisely. Totally. He's the one who redeems. He's yes. So there's not, there's not a, what is it? There's not a spot where God is not, but there's also (laughs) not like a situation where God is not. Yes. Like, like, all right, I can roll with this. Totally. Like I can, I can work with this. Oh yeah. Like this isn't the end. No, it's never the end. No, not with him. Yes. Let him redeem your view of relationship, especially if you feel like this has happened again and again, or you feel disenchanted and trust him that like you can't outrun God's goodness. Mm -hmm. You can choose to not receive it once you're in that situation, but you Mm -hmm. can't outrun it. And he is, he is more for you than you are. Like he wants, you to know him like in a pure and holy way more than you think you're capable of. So it's it's just coming for God humbling and saying, Lord, please help me. Yeah. Please help me. Please make the situation clear. Like he loves to confirm things. He loves to affirm you in the process, but don't become disenchanted because of maybe a subtle narrative that isn't true of who God is. Isn't true. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Good stuff, Sarah Sarwinski. Sarah Smith. Oh <gasps> my. Smithsky. I don't even know why I threw the last name in there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it kind of it felt right. I am Smith though. Sarah Smith. Sarah Smith. Sarah Smith. Well. Well. Uh, there's another question on here that's really rich and good. Mm. Um, how much do I need to know about a person before we get engaged? How much do I need to know about a person before we get engaged? How long should we date before getting engaged? <laughs> oh, you want me to go? You said I'll present the question. Okay, great. I guess. Great. I'm not sure where to start on this one. Yeah. In my mind. <laughs> Two months. No, okay. There's no, we talked about this. There's <laughs> Two, no <laughs> Two months and six days. Yes. Yes. Minimum. Yeah. And I shared this with you, but there's the, like there's a reason I didn't share a specific share my specific timeline with Tim. Not because I don't want to share like, you're like when you preached when on, I preached. Yeah. Thursday, yeah. Like I could say we dated for four months and we got engaged for six months. We had known each other for three years. But in the long run, those numbers could mean nothing if you're mm-hmm. not using that time wisely. Yes. And also and it, even the before dating time, yes. if there wasn't if there wasn't depth of things. There, oh, it's uh, very different. A hundred percent. And like, again, I, I think why I didn't share is because I think sometimes when a pastor, a preacher, even just a good friend will share their timeline, we could so easily say, oh, that's the formula. Or to say, oh, wait, look at your boyfriend or girlfriend and be like, well, we've been dating for four months. Shouldn't we get engaged? And the answer is maybe. I don't know your situation. Um, For us, that that was the proper time because, you know, we had gotten things like we had the privilege of being in community together. I think that was huge. I think something... Privilege is a good word. Yeah. Like, not everyone has that privilege. It doesn't mean you can't get to know someone. 
that you met online or maybe met outside of your community, but do so in the context of community. We see that in scripture. Once you're dating, seek community together. Seek community. Um, We had also had, and this was also hard, but a privilege of knowing each other um, in other relationships. When we met, we were Mm -hmm. dating other people. When we met, we were both single, but then we dated other people. And we had a lot of mutual friends who saw us and knew us closely, both the the wonderful ways we conducted ourselves Mm -hmm. in those relationships and also the mistakes we made in those relationships. And that, again, as though it did bring up some difficult realities afterwards and a lot of like nuances we had to work through, that was helpful to know, okay, I actually know kind of the worst of you and you know the worst of me based on our past. Um, And there's also people who have seen how we've responded to difficult things, um, which was a blessing in the long run. We, for our us, we went on mission together, which um, that is not something you have to do in order to marry someone. But it gave us a context of like being like, oh, I know where your heart is towards God. I've seen you in stress. I've seen you in stress. He saw me in illness. I got sick on that mission trip. We had to do a lot of planning and preparation together. So those were tools and experiences that actually helped us answer the question of, yeah, how are you under stress? How do you suffer? Can't like, do we have joy that we can share? Do we have certain like outcomes or visions for our life? Like we got to talk a lot on that trip about, you know, truly like without knowing there was interest there, like, what do you want for your life? What do you value like hearing them talk about their friends, their community, their relationship, things that happen through dating, can't you can learn about someone outside of dating. And I think mm-hmm. that's why when you're friends with someone, you can come to a point where you're like, oh, I think I'm actually interested in you because I'm learning the same thing. Like dating is get, getting to know someone with an intention set out before you, a more clear for intention both for both others. of you yeah. and others to say there's a romantic element to this. But friendship can be a lead up to that. And that's that's our big story. So our dating period was shorter. Also, we are we were in our later 20s. So we just, I think, had a sense of ourselves a little bit more of like, I know how to I know what to share about myself. Like I can share like the habits I've built in my life. I can share the direction I feel like I'm going a little more clearly. And you could yeah. decide if you want in on that. And see clearly. And like, see, see clearly. that in the other and be like, oh. Yes. Yeah, this year. So all that to say, like, when you are thinking about time, it's like, take the time you need to answer those things. Also understanding you are not going to know a person entirely, even when you're married. They you, change. They change. Things I, change. I've been married yeah. for three weeks. No, I'm just kidding. He hasn't changed that much. But <laughs> He's a different man. <laughs> He's a different man. No, no, not at all. If anything, I'm like, you are the person I thought you were, <laughs> which is relieving and wonderful. Yeah. But to know that it's really like, it's getting to the point where you're like, okay, you are someone I can trust. And that for me, that was a harder process because of past, like Mm -hmm. there's still areas that we're growing in trust, but I know I've seen again, that trajectory. I I can trust their heart to grow with me. I can trust their heart to care for the more vulnerable places in my life. I can trust their heart to support me in my calling, whatever that is for you enough to move forward and say, I'm going to continue to grow with you and learn you and trust you. Cause like marriage isn't like the finish line of like, and now we're done getting to know each other. But I think there, there is a tipping point and it's going to look, and this is not a fun answer. It's going to look slightly different for everyone, but I think trust 
your ability to commit to somebody to say like, are we mature enough to say I'm with you through thick and thin and to trust the Lord with your relationship. Yeah. And again, for some people that can happen fairly quickly. That can be like, Hey, I think I know enough to move forward. And then you just need to own your decision. Like yeah. truly, like I, I think, yeah, to go all in and say, all right, if I only allowed myself, like even for us, like 10 months practically of like concentrated dating and, dating and engagement commitment at the end of the day to just, like own that, to own that, like, again, the choose your heart, like there are things in our engagement where I'm like, okay, like we could have learned this in dating, but we're learning this in engagement because we chose to get engaged sooner rather than later. That maybe a couple that was dating a year or two years, they're like, oh, we've already weathered that season of our relationship. But we did have the commitment behind it to be like, no, I'm with you. And luckily for us, there was no like huge surprises like that we didn't unveil in our dating process. And we just went deeper a little faster in our dating because we knew we wanted to head towards engagement. So there is no perfect timeline in that way. Um, but just be wise with how you're using date. Dating should be fun. It should be lovely and good. Like, especially as if you're getting to know someone for the first time without a lot of context, like that maybe in those first like month or two, that's not the time to like hit all the hard stuff. But if you're both progressing towards that, like use that time well to ask yeah. those harder questions and to bring other people into observing your relationship you trust. Yeah. If you want to move towards engagement at all or faster. Yeah. Than you would have. I think there's a lot of good good stuff in there. And I think for those of you at home or wherever you might be um, listening or watching, um, hopefully that gives some context about the sort of things you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Um and and kind of I, something that you said, and we've continued to say over the course of this whole series uh, of preaching and on this podcast, really, we keep coming back to there's no formulas. There's no formula. Discernment is key. Wisdom is key. And uh, that is probably not the answer that most people want to hear because it's like, no, just give me the answer because yeah, that'd it. be so much easier. Um, but it's not better to just give you the answer uh, might feel easier in the moment, but it's not better. Um, it's harder in the long run. The reality is we're presenting the truth, which is discernment is necessary. We're pointing Wisdom is necessary. The Lord. Yes. And to community, yeah. um, the Lord and others, and that you have to navigate it in that very moment. And that's life. That's the life of walking with the Lord and with others is, Lord, what do you have right now? Yeah. And what about now? What should I know now? What should I see? And yeah. constantly seeking, constantly being humble. Uh, constantly being willing uh, to learn, grow, to ask questions, to make mistakes, yeah, um, and then repent of those, to ask forgiveness in those. Mm -hmm. And this is the process that you're entering into by entering into life. Um, and so yeah, uh, I just encourage you in that, like, this is what it is, and it's good. Yes. Um, you might be frustrated because all you're hearing is the same response, in some way, which is not an answer, not a formula, but we can't give those in, 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 and have uh, a clear conscience because the reality is that this is what life requires. And so, um, thank you for listening. Yeah. Um, as we've, hopefully that gives some context too, for knowing if you should marry that yeah. person or if you should, uh, 
ask them to marry you. Yeah. <laughs> if you're ready for that in dating, that's a big question that a lot of people have too. And um, maybe uh, go back and listen to some of the relationship stories mm -hmm. that we recorded a couple of years ago. Um, I know Amy and I shared ours. I think Brian and Danny shared theirs, Brian Howard and Danny Howard. A couple others did too. You'll get at least some context, some stories of what it was like making that decision. Yeah. This is the one I want to marry her and what that decision looked like for both of us. A, a little bit of insight into that. Hopefully that's helpful. Um, yeah. But, I'm just going to add one thing yeah. before we wrap up because I, I think this is so important as I've learned to do this too, to not just base my life off of somebody else's story. But there is a level of integrity and peace that comes with learning to do this well. There's like, it can, be, I, I'm someone who second guesses myself often. I like struggle a little bit with anxiety. It's not who I am, but it's just part of my story. But when I'm come to a place where I'm, I'm making decisions with the Lord and wise counsel rather than look, comparing myself, there's a peace I walk in knowing I have chosen this. Like I, with the autonomy and authority God has given me in submission to him and submitting myself to wise counsel, like there's, I feel a freedom and I think I've felt that freedom by saying, okay, Annie, and it frees the people around me to say, this doesn't have to be your story. I think there's something that is unique that it does bless our community. I didn't just run the formula and the formula told me. 100%. Yeah. And while that can feel comforting in the moment, I think in the long run, we can end up looking back and being like, did I let someone else make a decision for me? Hmm. Versus saying, I, in partnership with God and community, made this decision and I'm going to own it. it. It brings this ownership that I think really is a blessing it's necessary for marriage and, and it's necessary, necessary for commitment yeah, yeah. instead that of this just, isn't saying, just like well mm -hmm. all the signs said all it all lined up rather than no like i know you're building a foundation chose, this is what i'm doing and this is what we're doing yeah. right it's a different thing so yeah i just it's there's good. a blessing in that ownership and while the process is messier you're going to be better on the other side your foundation is going to be stronger so be encouraged by that. Like mm -hmm. it's worth it. And in time you will, you will get better in your discernment process because you're going to know the voice of God more mm -hmm. clearly and wisdom and others more clearly. And you will begin to trust yourself in that process more and more with time. Yeah. It's good. Thank you, Sarah. Well, thanks guys for listening and tuning in and we hope to see you whether online or in person on Thursday nights.